Welcome to Color Me Green, a podcast focused on making the world a greener place. Today's episode is an amazing and very educational interview on a topic that I never really thought about doing until it was presented to me. My guest today is Mike Benetti. I call him a bee expert because he knows a lot, but as he told me, he doesn't claim to be an expert, expert, expert. Mike has worked with bees for years, and due to that has learned a lot about them, and today he's sharing his knowledge with us and teaching us how we shouldn't be afraid of bees, and instead embrace their existence and learn better ways to coexist with them. Because without bees, the human race wouldn't last long. So basically, our lives are in their hands, and theirs in ours. Hi, Mike. Hello, Paige. Thanks for joining me on episode 29 of Color Me Green. Thank you. You know, I wanted to approach you about doing an episode about bees because it's kind of reminiscent of your, by the way, I've listened to all your podcasts. It's kind of reminiscent of the, to me, I know this sounds weird, of the car, the electric car episode because, you know, everybody knows what electric cars are. Everybody knows what bees are, but nobody really knows hardly anything about them. Just the basic, I mean, as far as electric cars go, people think, I'm going to drive a car and save the planet. It's not exactly the case. And with bees, people are just terrified of them. They don't know the first thing about them. Like and that's me. why. So um, I, I, as you know, love Color Me Green because I'm not only teaching others, but also myself about all of the topics that I discuss. So this is a great topic because I'm terrified of bees and I don't have much bee education. So this is another learning episode for myself as well. So, before we get started, Mike, can you just do a little intro and let the audience get to know you a little bit? Okay, my name is Mike Benetti. I've lived out here in the Coachella Valley since, I hate to admit it, since 1965. I'm old, yes, okay. But uh, I've been, most of my life out here, I've been in construction and a contractor the last uh, 15 years or so. And, um, but in 2007, we had like the worst recession ever. The niche market I was in, no matter how the market was, we always were busy anyway. But uh, this time it was different. So I about had it with the ups and downs, and I decided I wanted to do something different. I didn't even know what, right? I work for a local university now, but in between that, I was approached from a friend to do a reality show about bees. And, so he's uh, famous, just so we're all clear. I was almost <laughs> famous for a minute. It's a long story that that nobody needs to hear, but it almost ha- it was actually had to do with the Dirty Jobs show. But anyway, I, I didn't study entomology or anything like that. But after working with honeybees for a few years, you pretty much learn everything you need to know about them. And what is entomology? A study of bugs. Ew. Okay, <laughs> Not a topic I would ever care to learn about. So, first question. Um, As someone who doesn't like bees and is absolutely terrified of them, the only thing that I can think of is all bees are, you know, black and yellow flying things that have stingers and are scary, like, you know, yellow jackets and hornets and bumblebees and bees in general. So is that true? Are they all the same or like, are they different? Well, there's so many different species uh, that uh, they're they're all different different believe me i mean it's the honeybees are just the most widely recognized but um and just to be honest with you i mostly work with honeybees so i'm like i said i'm not an expert but uh, 
you know, all bees pretty much pollinate, but honeybees do it the most, um, the most recognized for pollinators on earth. Um, the only other bee I worked with was I set up a nest at my u university to attract carpenter bees, which are those big, scary looking black bees that everybody wants to call bumblebees, mm -hmm. but they're actually called carpenter bees. The females are all black. The males look exactly the same, but have a little orange fur on them. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was very interesting because I set up this nest and uh, it took a year and all of a sudden they moved in and started inhabiting it and they've been living there ever since. So you said there's a bunch of different types of bees. Um, what exactly do you mean by that? And here's something that people would be surprised about unless they've studied Get bees. It? Yeah. Uh -huh. Be surprised about? <laughs> bees. Well, there's 20 thousand over 20,000 species of bees on earth but in the United States alone there's 4,000 species okay so when you say species like the human race is a species this might be a really dumb question but like is that like what do you, how how are there that many different types of bees yeah the human race it's one species one but like yeah. how are there that many different types of bees like what like I don't, I don't They care. just develop and evolve and adapt. You know, there's bees that, that live high, high up in mountains, so and there's you, bees that can handle 120 degree heat like we have here. So they're kind of like ethnicities in humans. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but they really vary with size and looks and all that. Because you said that there's like Africanized bees, and I have no idea what you meant by that, but like, mm -hmm. is that a certain type of species of bee? Yes. Um, you know, they're, they're Africanized bees because a queen from Africa, they brought queens from Africa, queen bees, to uh, experiment with in Brazil. So they got away and they actually came up to, um, they arrived in Texas first, but they actually came up through South America and uh, everybody was terrified, oh, we're all going to die, right? Like the killer bees? Yeah, they're killer bees, Africanized bees. But mm -hmm. um uh, you know, if you want to know more, I'll explain that to you right now about Africanized bees. Yes, please do. Well, after, coincidentally, most bees in the Coachella Valley here are Africanized bees, and they're easy to spot. Bees all look, you know, honeybees all look the same, but Africanized bees are a little smaller, and when they fly, they kind of zip around, whereas honeybees kind of float. Oh. You know, so they're, for to me, they're really easy to spot. Mm -hmm. After, like I said, it doesn't take long to become a honeybee expert in the way they act and and uh, especially down here in this environment. So um, when I think of honeybee, you know, they create honey. Do Is it just honeybees that create honey and, and nests? Because hornets also, or wasps also create like nests and stuff. But like, do they create honey or is it just specifically honeybees? Honeybees, you know, they, um, uh, wasps and all those other species you're talking about, they all pollinate. But, but nothing compared to what honeybees do. That's why they're called honeybees. Oh, okay. yeah. well, I didn't know that was yeah. a dumb question, but I, I mean, they're, I they're, they're hatched fully grown and immediately go right to work. And that's all they do. They just work. Like a shark swims and eats 24-7. Bees just make honey, you know, and, and, and make honeycomb and make hives. And This is going to be a dumb question. <laughs> anyone my age might be able to relate to this. But have you seen the bee movie? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, well, there's a bee movie, and Renee Zellweger is in it, and um, Ben Stiller. And I'm pretty sure it's... I, no, it's not Ben Stiller. It's Sein, the guy, the Seinfeld guy. 
Jerry Seinfeld. Uh-huh. He plays the bee. And the bees oh, okay. have like different jobs. Like That's there's right. the flyers and the pollinators and there's the ones that work in the hive. Mm-hmm. Is that like a like a real thing? Do bees have specific jobs like that? Oh yes. Oh. Yeah. So it's actually like real? Yeah. Oh interesting. <laughs> So I think the big question of the entire podcast and how bees relate to the environment is everything that you hear on the news about how bees are dying and how we have to save them. First of all, why are they dying and what can we do in your bee expert opinion to help save them? That's a great question. The main causes are parasites, pathogens, poor nutrition, but most of all pesticides. And that's the problem. They, they, they feed on the pesticides, bring it back to the hive, and then the hive just collapses. That's why it's called colony collapse disorder. There are two things, and this is going to sound really funny. There's two things that, that you can do. One of them is to bee-proof your home. Uh, you want to bee-proof your home because you don't want them making a hive in your roof or in your wall. And then they have to, you have to come over and tear apart their house like you showed me videos of Mm -hmm. and And that would be awful the problem is like especially out here in the desert where the climate is so harsh they'll make a hive and bees are really quiet in the winter that's why some people they're making a huge hive in the roof and they don't even know it Mm -hmm. because they're really quiet but then then uh you know come uh march april that's when that's when they really get active so what can happen is you'll see a few bees flying in and out of your roof through some small hole and you'll think, oh, there's probably 20 bees in there. No, there's like 50,000 bees in there. So you call an exterminator and he'll spray poison in there. And then what happens is the bees keep the honey from melting. So what happens is all that honey without the bees there to keep it from melting will just melt and, and start leaking through your ceiling. And that's <laughs> why people think that their walls are bleeding. Exactly. Like the, like the exorcist house or something. Well, not that one. There was some, the poltergeist house. Some house, some scary movie house was all like, oh, our walls are bleeding. And no, they probably just had bees in their walls. Wow, that's weird. That's like a here for the booze podcast episode. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. So like I said, that... This is going to sound funny, but that was number one. The other one is to have a hive at your home, Why right? Would does that want does, a hive? that doesn't make sense, right? No. Because if you have a hive at your home, they're going to be in that hive. They're not going to try and make a hive in your wall or your roof, right? So they'll and, like go to a hive that they didn't create, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah, interesting. and that's achieved by getting a queen and putting her in the hive. And anyway, so. Different cities have different rules about, most people that know this, about having hives at your home. Mm. And I wouldn't recommend it if you're allergic because I, I believe that you can be around bees your whole life and never get stung once, but it all depends, okay? But you don't want to risk it if you're allergic. I've been stung so, twice and it's not fun. Right. <laughs> having a hive at your home is legal in most cities, but all the cities have different ordinances. Some will let you have one. Some will let you have two or three. It depends on uh, if you're in a, a sparsely populated place. Let's say, for instance, Sky Valley, where there's a house every 500 feet. That's different, you know. So they're all going to be different. But if you decide to keep a hive at your home, all you really need to do is place it well and have a, a good, clean water supply. So you have to water your bees? No, you have oh. to have water. <laughs> 
when when it gets hot as it does here the bees will take water and go into the hive and flap their wings like a swamp and make it like a swamp cooler just the same thing in the winter time they will flap their wings without the water to warm the hive mm, so that's mm-hmm. why they're always like in the pool when i'm trying to like exactly cool they're getting off. water and unfortunately sometimes they get stuck and that's where you oh, know. so i shouldn't splash them and try to drown them no no <laughs> it's a matter of fact if you just stick your hand no i'm good I'm telling you, they will not sting you. If you just stick your hand and and lift it out of the water, it'll dry off and fly away. Mm. Will not sting you. So, what if someone wants to have a hive at their house for some weird reason? Um, how do you get a hive, and how do you find a queen to colonize it? Google. Oh. <laughs> okay. Everything. It's all available oh. online. Yeah, but Very believe it. There's a lot of people in this valley because. Although there's a severe bee shortage in parts of the world, there is no bee shortage out here. I've, mm-hmm. I've did it for two years. They're everywhere. But they're, it's because we, you know, we don't have, um, like in our surrounding cities, uh, on the outskirts maybe, but we don't have a lot of uh, um, agriculture. Like, for instance, in Indian Wells, they used to have date groves everywhere. And, you know, the property is so expensive, they ended up building houses there. And they're moving the date groves further and further and further down Valley. So, in you know, from Palm Springs to Indio, there's not a lot of agriculture there. So all the bees that I removed were, it was a nuisance. They were in a business or in a home, in a roof, in a wall, you know. Like I said, I just couldn't believe how many calls we had every day to remove hives. You would think it's like, you know, once in a while thing. No, it's not. It's every day, all day long. Can't wait to be a homeowner. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's why you have to be proof. Well, I'll be calling you to be proof my home. So um, back to pollinating bees and like keeping bees friendly in our home environments. What are some flowers that people could plant in their gardens to help promote bee pollination there's not really a flower out there that bees don't like but most people don't know that they see in color and they're attracted to certain colors that's why beekeepers wear white um uh they're they're more apt to stay away from white than if you wear black they're gonna like sting you more you know then why do they always go towards the beekeepers and they're all like aggressive well because they're they're trying to take their honey and remove their hive but when it comes to flowers um in this order uh they prefer yellow purple blue and white and so are all bees pollinators i feel like we might have answered this question Yes, and pollinating to them, it's an accident. They're collecting nectar from the flowers, and as they move from flower to flower, they're pollinating. Now, actually, all bees are pollinators except for uh, cuckoo bees. Are you a cuckoo bee? Yes. Cuckoo bees are the only bee that uh, don't... Wait, that's real? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're the the only bee that uh, don't forage for pollen to feed their young. So what about honeybees? Do they eat pollen? Yes, they do. The nectar is used for energy, and the pollen provides protein and other nutrients. But when they bring it back to the hive, most pollen is used by bees as larvae food. How do bees decide to build their hives and where? That's a good question, and this is really important because this is where people need to get educated and why they should bee-proof their home. Because uh, when you remove beehives and you're getting six calls seven calls a day and it's just amazing to see where they will make a hive but um, what happens when a hive is getting too big half the bees will go looking for a new home and this is where they're in the swarm mode and harmless for the most part 
but they will land just about anywhere. Like that's when you see them on a wall or on the side of the house or in a tree. Sometimes they will stay in that tree and make a hive. But out here, most of the time, uh, I rarely removed uh, hives from trees, but I have. And uh, brings to mind at Eisenhower Hospital, I removed a hive that was about two feet in circumference and about maybe six to eight feet long. And it was in the parking lot. It was the biggest hive I've ever seen. And it was a tree and nobody even knew it was there because the bees don't fly up to it. They fly into it, you know? So the only reason somebody found is they went up because they were going to cut this tree down and they went up there to look at the tree and then they saw this massive hive and called us. So, you know, they can, they can be like under the radar. You won't even know they're there uh, unless um, it depends on the situation, you know? Well, you said when they... they this was 30 feet up in a tree. Well, you said they built a hive in a tire. Yes. When they're in the swarm mode, they'll land just about anywhere and they send scouts out. You know, the, most of the bees will stay in one spot and they'll send a few bees out to look for a place to live. And, uh, you know, they like the dark and um, they require a water supply close by, hopefully. That's why one of the most... Uh, popular places for them to go is those green irrigation boxes you see in the ground mm. and uh, there was a, a, a real bad attack several years ago down here in a verizon phone box that was in the ground and uh, that's been well documented it's all over the internet but anyway a lady almost died so those green boxes you'll see a little rectangle hole where they stick a, a, a piece of metal and pry up the lid and that's where the bees, if somebody would just fill that hole in, the bees would not be able to go in there. So bees love those because there's always a little moisture in there. There's always a little leak or something. It's dark and they love making their hives in there. And they always build a hive from the top down. So when we would remove those hives, we would we would smoke the bees, which calms them down. And uh, then we'd slowly lift the lid and, they're, and just turn it over and they're attached, all attached to the lid. Now I've been called out to um, a house in Palm Desert once and there was a uh, hive in a wheelbarrow. Somebody, this this is what's the funny thing is, somebody just left a wheelbarrow overturned and just because they left it overturned, the bees made a hive in it because they make, like I said, they work from the top down. So that was an easy one. All I had to do was give them a little smoke and grab the wheelbarrow and turn it over, you know, and there was the hive sitting right there. It was so easy to remove the honeycomb and everything. And, you know, I, you know, you hate to do that, but when it's a nuisance, you have to, because it's a danger to people, mm-hmm. you know, but the owner of the house shouldn't have let it gone that far because it takes, for the, the size of that hive I just described to you in a wheelbarrow, it would have taken probably six months to get it that big. So I, I can't believe the people let it go that long. It's, there's no way they didn't know it was there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, roofs roofs are about the worst situation. Um, like I said earlier, uh, they the bees will make a hive in the wintertime, not knowing, you know, bees are smart, but they don't know everything. That's they'll make hot. a, exactly. They'll, they'll make a hive in the wintertime. Come May, they can gather all the water they want, flap their wings all they want. They can't keep that hive cool enough. The honey starts melting and they mm-hmm. abandon it. And then and then usually when we would go remove that hive, there would be no bees there. There'd be just a few bees flying around because it was just too hot for them. Because, you know, if it's 115 or 110 outside, it's 150, 60, 70 in that roof, in that attic, you know. And um, now bees 
will not make, obviously they can't make a hive where there's insulation. So a lot of the houses that are built, when it comes to your garage, there will be drywall on the inside of your garage, but no insulation. So all, all it takes is a little quarter inch hole and, and they will make, uh, we, we've removed uh, so many hives from uh, garage walls and it's, you know, quarter inch hole is all it takes. And the, you know, the bigger the hole, the faster that hive's going to grow. And, you know, in conventional construction, halfway up a wall, you have a fire block, a piece of wood horizontal, okay? And, you know, it, it's to block fire and also make the structure stronger. So they will build the hive from that fire block on down. And now if you go inside the garage and you put your hand on the wall, you can tell by your hand where the hive starts because you, um, you move fine. your hand slowly down the wall and all of a sudden it gets warm and that's where the bees start right there. So you know exactly where to cut the wall open. And um, it's just a, a, like it's so costly to remove a beehive and to do it right. Uh, like I said, you don't want to poison them. Um, they'll just come back, you know, and uh, it's not good for the environment. Again, with the... A garage um, a lot of times on the side of your garage that's where your utilities come in to your house like cable box phone box you see those little metal plates well, a lot of times they fall off so the bees have this huge opening to go into simple little things like that and you know people think oh it's never gonna happen to me you know and then but then it does and it's a mess and it's very costly and and uh, sure bees need a place to live but you don't want them living in your home there's a lot of vacant land out here where they can live so when removing beehives, obviously there's the honey and the beeswax. Is removing that harmful to the bees at all? It can be if not done responsibly. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's not done responsibly. Because uh, when you extract honey from a hive, number one thing is don't take it all. And I'm talking about like your own, your uh, a, a man-made beehive, okay? But... The one we'd have to Google to... Yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> but when, you know, when we remove hive, it's because it's a nuisance and we have to remove the whole hive. But we'll take the bees and we'll put them in hives on a, on a large property out here in the middle of the valley. So you're not just killing the bees? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. we, we get upset if, we, if one of them dies, you know. That's why we vacuum them up. I know that sounds crazy, but, but it's a very low pressure vacuum cleaner. Not a so, real vacuum cleaner like a No, house. no. Like a shop vac, that would kill them instantly. <laughs> You know, but but uh, the problem is bee, some beekeepers, they will open up the hive and take every ounce of honey in there. And then to keep the bees alive, they'll feed them sugary syrup or they'll just let the hive die. Hmm. You know, so uh, you have to keep the honey in there for them to live. Yeah, that's why when you, when you have all those hives like that, you you don't want to remove all the honey every time. You just want to take it as as needed, you know, and not remove it all. So um, personally, I'm terrified of bees, as a lot of people are. So I guess a big question that someone like me might ask is, why do we need bees? And why is it a good reason that we save them? Because everyone keeps saying that they're so good for the environment and that we need to save them. If, if you are highly allergic to bees, you should be afraid because one sting can kill you. And I, I've known of instances where that's happened. One sting and a person's dead in less than five minutes. But even if you're not allergic, it takes about 10 bee stings per pound of human body weight to kill you. And so that's a rough... I, can I stop you right there? Yeah. First of all, 
why do bee stings hurt and how can they kill somebody? Are they like poisonous? How do they have venom? Like how does that work? Well, the venom is actually good for you. So they do have venom. Yes, of course. Interesting. That's why bees die when they sting you because when they sting you, their whole insides come out with the stinger. Then why don't you see it attached to the stinger? Oh, you see it. You, their guts? Mm -hmm. Ew. (laughs) I've never paid attention. (laughs) But getting back to that, you know, 10 bee stings per pound of human body weight might kill you. So basically if you're 150 pounds it would take 1500 stings to kill you in theory but it could be much less it could be much more i've never been stung that many times but i've been stung 100 times in five seconds and uh i got a little red (laughs) i got a little fever a little bit but the the venom people purposely sting themselves because the venom is good for arthritis now of course nothing is good everything's good in moderation right but uh, too much venom can kill you because it's just too much of a shock to your system. But um, I've actually um, had my fingers stung and it relieved a little arthritis I've had in my finger. So I can do that to my back and it'll feel Exactly. Mm-hmm. But if you're allergic, you wouldn't want to. But, you know, getting back to your other question, you know, the, we need bees because then here's where people need to know this. Bees pollinate 80% of all the flowering plants on earth and about 70 of the 100 crop varieties that provide 90% of the world's food. How, so if flowers have pollen, how do you pollinate crops? Is that a Google question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, okay, there's a rumor out there that Albert Einstein said, if we lost all our bees, that the human race would be gone in four years. Because there would not be enough food to feed everybody. Hmm. You know, And you say, oh, well, there's cows. Okay, but well, cows, you know, there won't be hay out there without cow, without bees, you know? So I don't understand how that works, but okay. <laughs> Basically, all, all the food we eat uh, wouldn't, wouldn't uh, be able to grow without bees. I actually, like, learned to love bees because you have to appreciate what they do for the world. And, they're, you know, the honey itself is amazing. This is a hard episode for yeah, me to like. I, I know, I know, but... Another thing a lot of people don't know is that if you eat local honey and you have allergies, you won't have allergies. Mm. And, you know, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but it's just a fact. This is not scientifically proven. I know. (laughs) But um, I want to talk about why you shouldn't be afraid of bees. Now, if you're allergic, yeah, you should try and stay away from them. But let's say you're eating lunch outside and bees are attracted to sweet. What's that? So they're just naturally attracted to me by nature. Oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're attracted to anything sweet. So you're eating lunch, and here comes a bee, and it wants to land on your, your glass with soda in it, and you start swatting at it. It's not going to... Don't do that, okay? Because it's not going to sting you. I mean, it'll fly around in your face. Well, it, I just feel it like it's going to look at me and just automatically get no. irritated. <laughs> no, no. Okay. No, but it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when... They are protecting their hive. They are Mr. Hyde. <laughs> or Mr. Hive, anyway. <laughs> they will stop at nothing to protect their hive and, and uh, give their own life uh, by stinging you. But now when they are away from their hive, like I was saying, you're, you'd be at a restaurant having a nice little lunch there and a bee will come up and you'll swat at it. They are completely harmless. Now, I've, I've proven this to people and they think I'm crazy. 
by I've stick I will take my hand and put it in a and grab a handful of bees when they're in swarming when they're out looking for another hive and they're just landed on a wall or something they're completely harmless they don't want to sting you they want to live mm-hmm. you know they, they you know the thing is they have a very short life they only live 30 days you know or less from the time they're hatched you know but th- that's the worker bees which Does are all qu- female you know the the queen can live a year to 5 years wait what the, the worker, worker bees, bees are, are all female then who are the males they kind of just hang out you know well I'm, that's sexist now in the <laughs> When they're not protecting their hive and you just see bees in your backyard um, pollinating a flower, they're completely harmless. I, I literally pet them and people think I'm crazy. And they're, you know, they're little tiny creatures, so you got to be very gentle. And I pet them and I talk to them and I say hi. Yeah, I know. You know, and they actually, and you, you can Google it, they actually can recognize a person and come back and say hi to that person. No, they did that in the bee movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. It. You have to watch it. Yeah, I remember. I remember the movie that Jerry Seinfeld was the the head character, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I did not see it. Oh, <laughs> now I have to watch it. Yes, you okay. do. <laughs> you'll you'll rec- you'll relate to it a lot. I just like I said, listen to your podcast, and I thought I'd try and get a little information out there, so people aren't so leery of bees, and and maybe maybe some some of the people that listen to this might bee proof their house and prevent a disaster. And also maybe some people will have hives in their yard. Like I said, um, I think in Palm Desert, uh, the, you, you can have, uh, I forget if it's one or two. It might depend on the size of the, of the lot in the yard and all that. But, um, you know, a lot of more and more and more people are doing this now. And that, that's a big help right there. Mm-hmm. And also having a garden and having plants so that they can pollinate and yes. spread those. Right. And then they, they don't have to go too far. Mm-hmm. I mean, my backyard alone, I have probably thousands of flowers back there. Yeah, you do. It's bee city out there every day. <laughs> well, I definitely learned a lot about bees, a lot more than I ever thought I would, considering I'm very much a person that dislikes bees. So thank you for coming on Color Me Green and sharing your bee knowledge with everybody and hopefully we can save the bees one podcast episode at a time Mm -hmm. thank you thanks for having me i want to thank you for listening to today's episode of color me green new episodes come out on wednesdays and hopefully each one has something you can take away and learn from i currently have a ton of episodes planned but if you want to request a certain topic to discuss please feel free to message me on the show's instagram at color me green podcast linked in the show notes If you loved today's episode, please make sure to leave a review and let others know what you think of the show. One of the best ways to help change the world is to share this episode with a friend and let them also learn what they can do to live more sustainably. And as always, remember to reduce, reuse, recycle, and live green.